gonna, I'm gonna switch that one off and put us yeah, on the same go. channel. All right, uh, it's well, upon us. Welcome to Gabs, Dave. How good is it? Uh, you know how, and I say this with affection. Last year was very obnoxious with the Ferris wheel and lights. Oh yeah. Uh, this year is even more They've obnoxious, it, yeah. and in the best possible way. There are stands, uh, as I'm sorry, stages on container bars. There was a drum line on one. Could you hear that at this end? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, they're going to have can-can dances at some point. We've had a couple of beers. My highlight has to be so far the La Siren Espresso Sour. Really, really lovely. Nice. Uh, what about you? Uh, I don't want to mention any of my uh, favourites yet because I'm sort of yet to establish any. Uh, yeah, I've had two beers so far that I haven't adored, so yeah. um, I don't want to yeah, cool. mention any at the moment. But um, what, what's your current, like, what's your initial take on the venue and everything so far? Gabs. Uh, it's and pretty it's big though. Every, everyone has, seems to have stepped up their stands. Definitely. There are a lot of um, barrels being wheeled in. So I was here for the setup the last two days, yeah. getting some snaps and yeah, I was really impressed with some of the shit that people were bringing in. Um, there's foosball tables, there's pinball tables, there's bloody paddling, paddling pools. Uh, there's multiple sets of Jenga around the place yep. as per the huge. But uh, what I find uh, interesting in the beginning is that They've really like spread the butter pretty thin. Like they're using all of the floor space yeah. this year for the first time, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're so, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's noticeable, um, and I feel like in these uh, initial like early parts of early sessions, some of the uh, some of the, st the stands that are in the far further corners might get a little bit neglected, but. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that'll fill up and everyone will get around it, though. I, it's interesting. I was thinking before, you could pretty much sit on one corner near a bar and near a food... Like, if you could, where we're sitting right now, we didn't need to venture too far to get enough beers to drink all day and good food yep. and be very, very happy. Uh, and this is, you know... Yeah, you can easily park yourself somewhere and yeah, have a great time. Let alone... and But, like, every maybe 20 metres is a different spot you could do that in and not have the same beer as 20 metres down the road. Yeah, too right. It's quite insane. Um, you know, Garage Project, obviously, they've bought six unique beers because that's what they that's do. That's what they do, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, that kind of thing is happening everywhere. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Heaps of fun. Best... I mean, like, I don't... I've never been to any festivals in other countries, but, like, it's just... There's so much for you here. Yeah, yeah. Outside the festival beers. Then there's God knows how many are there this year? 170, That's I think. So many. I think it's the figure we're giving because a few were scratched. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, the one, the most disappointing scratching was the Four Pines one. What was that supposed to be? So that was supposed to be a, basically they did everything that you shouldn't do. So they filtered the shit out of it. Yeah, right. They used Tetra Hop. They used Tetra Hop. They used Iso Hops. Um, they I love that. And so the, the plan was to make a, a completely clear beer made with all the wrong ingredients surprisingly that stout like, like yeah it tastes How like a funny. stout um, and that was scratched. why was it scratched I just I mean, transport I think, issues yeah I don't know I know it was an early scratching so it just mustn't have worked but out but I also noticed that um, the two brothers beer got uh, pulled last minute and replaced with the non-tobaccoed version of it okay because there was no confirmation about the nicotine content in the beer. Oh, wow. So we've got the, uh, they've called it the censored version of the beer. So it's a bit unfortunate because that got national press, that yeah, particular yeah, beer. Yeah. Uh, so they'll still have it on the beer hall. Okay. So you can still taste it if you're in town, but uh, it's a, they, 
they've blended out a version of it without that anyway. So yeah, that's right. what they've delivered to the festival, yeah. That's the interesting thing about Gabs. There's so many stories within stories. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, that's pretty much the first two beers or amongst the first beers on the first page. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's two of the first three beers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and every beer has, or not every beer, but a lot of them have stories. Uh, up next, we've got an interview with the guy from Ether Brewing. Um, yeah. And they, they made a bone marrow beer. I know, which is something that I've, I mean, I think I've read about in maybe some like crazy experimental US yeah. breweries, but yeah, I don't think I've been, been up close a, to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, but even down to, and what I guess, what I've really liked seeing this year is People seem to be using yeast and barrels and traditional ingredients more expressively. Yep. Um, so that, which I mean, that really like speaks to us. I know. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's kind of cool seeing you know the Gabs beer being dialed down and but also ramped up with that experimentation. It's very very early. It's only sort of one thirty in the first session. What do you think about the um, crowd disbursement so far? It's very spread out. Uh, very spread out. But Doesn't seem to be any queues at the bar at all, any of the bars. It they, looks like they've got a good thing going here, though. Well, one of the things that I really like about Gabs is they work really hard on making the the crowd dispersal yep. move. So, like... Oh, well, to be fair, they work really hard on any short for coming. They yep, have. So, yep. um, um, It was hilarious. I was, they were about to open the gates or the, the... Ring the bell, sorry, to announce the, the you know, that you can get beer. And Steve... Mentioned Brewers and Chewers, Steve from uh, Gabs. He asked asked us both about Brewers and Chewers, (laughs) and then he like noticed that the the merch stand needed a couple of coat hangers, so he radioed someone to get coat hangers. Organising the launch, got on the microphone, said, "Hey everyone, we're about to." And it's like (laughs) you have five things going on right now. (laughs) Never finish that conversation. I'd love to finish it with him. Yeah, and like. Noticing that detail uh, is quite is quite interesting. That seeing that happen in real time. But I also I also enjoy in the same in the same vein that conversation. From what I gathered, really seemed to be stemming from him really enjoying Brewers and Chewers this year yeah. and wondering if we'd ever experienced it before. Yeah. So he's sort of indulging himself in appreciating one of his events, yeah. but then he notices something and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, they also didn't know. In terms of, you know, they're so far removed from the Tap House Saturday stuff. And there was a moment with him and Guy uh, a couple of days ago when I was chatting to them. Like, oh, you know, Brewers and Chewers, he's just sold out. What brewers are there? And so neither of them knew. And, and it turns out he almost got a surprise at his own event and loved it. So that's great. Well done. Yeah. We're big fans of Stephen Guy. Yeah, they do, they're good dudes. And I guess, full disclosure, we did get media passes. Yep. It's been the same a couple of years in yep. a row. So, but hey, we're providing some sick content to everyone. Gab's related. What do you think about the food, and what are you going to uh, eat? I'm a, I don't know what I'm going to eat yet, but I think I mentioned to you earlier that this year there's certainly more food vendors because I didn't even yeah, realize yeah. there was more over here. Yeah, so yeah. the whole one, like the whole sort of maybe a quarter of the building, the upstairs floor is all food. So. Um, you can pretty much take your pick and get whatever you want. I really like the idea of Arancini balls. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, um, and although that's, that's saying a lot because the more beers I have, the more chance that loaded fries is going to become appealing to me. Yeah, yeah. Or although fried we, chicken. We talked to the Bad Shepherd guys and they were chowing down some pretty delicious looking chicken burgers. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also Chrissy's cups. She was in Sydney last year. She wasn't in Australia. Right. She does, uh, in Melbourne, sorry. She does she's cured a, meat. Yeah, right. And I think she does it all herself. I'm just looking over and she seems to be the only one manning the stand. Yes. I, manning well, the stand? Looking after the stand. stand. Yeah. Uh, also, 
I remember my fondest memory of Gabs last year was coming into a Saturday afternoon session, got myself a Pirate Life Pale and a Burnt End Bun from Meat Mother. Oh, yeah, it was magnificent. I love Burnt End Buns. Yeah. They should just burn ends. I don't know how it works, but just burn the ends and put them in buns. burn the ends. What is it? The sirloin tips, right? Uh, It'd be no, it's the tips of the brisket. Right. Uh, Which I guess is maybe a sirloin. I don't don't know, cuts of meat. Who knows cuts of meat? Yeah, true. Um, It's a mystery. Only your butchers know it. (laughs) No one else. All right, should we? Notice that the Arancini guy's got a double spread stall? Yeah, Fancy. he's fucking stepping it up. Yeah. Risotto balls, four for $12. Man, I'm going to get some risotto balls later on. Uh, uh, is that enough of our intros? I think so. So we're about to get to Dave Ward from Ether with Ether. an A if you're yeah. consulting your uh, Gabs guides. Um, I also wrote an article about them for Broadsheet. I think it's up. Broadsheet Brisbane, maybe. Uh, really, really impressed with those guys. Uh, really interesting. So go read that article and, and listen in. And um, Sounds like a fun brew pub model. Yeah, I love a brew pub model. And then we're also going to have some more guests yet to be determined. Ooh. Yeah, we literally do not know who we're going to go we and find. We have to hustle now, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. All right, we're going to do an intro before this or after this. As in, we're we're going to retcon an intro. But we don't need to mention it because we've already done it. You no, know what I mean? Dave, let's be honest. Let's show our listeners behind the curtain. We have a brewer, fairly new brewery from Queensland called Ether Brewing. Spelt A-E-T-H-E-R. Yes, as opposed to the E-T-H-E-R that uh, everyone knows. Welcome. You're sort of first time in Melbourne as Ether Brewing. It is, yeah. So uh, we launched uh, sort of six months ago now and um, we decided to do the road trip down and, you know, not mess around. So we're exhibiting today as well. And, uh, and we've got one of our um, festival beers on. So, yeah, it's been really good. Festi- oh, the Bone Marrow. It is. It's the yeah, Bone Marrow Double Irish Shred. That's right. I got a bottle of that, a sample bottle from the Gabs team. Yes, yeah. And I liked it. Uh, very smoky. Way smokier than I thought. I gave my girlfriend a taste. She's like, oh, that's nice and smoky. I'm, she's like, what is it? And I said, Bone Marrow. And she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> How did you arrive at that recipe? Uh, it's been on my mind for ages. I've been wanting to do it. I'm, I'm a big foodie. Oh, okay. Big foodie. Uh, food is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, and beer trumps that. So, uh, you know, I really enjoy using the two together. I uh, did a white truffle wheat beer a little while back from um, with Italian white truffles. It came out spectacularly. So I like the fusion. Ether Brew Pub is kind of the, the setup. It is, yes. Um, yep. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we've got this uh, amazing little venue um, in Milton in, um, in Brisbane there. Uh, 400 odd square metres, couple of bars. We have our little five heck brewery in there, uh, function room and uh, really solid kitchens. Yeah. Yeah. And we're drinking a Vermont-style pale that you've made. A divisive style. Yes. Yeah, it is very divisive. I've been, um, I've been pushing them pretty hard. I'm a big fan of the style. Uh, so I see it as, you know, as a big RPA drinker. So say you're drinking your big RPAs, it's kind of where do you go to from there? You know, you're chasing that big, bold, hot flavor, uh, but there's nothing new on the market for a big RPA drinker to move to, and I think this is it. So, so. It is... Oh, mine is way cloudier than yours, Dave. It, is, it looks like we've got it? two different beers. Like mine is kind of that one that people would look on social media and go, and go oh, that style's awful. What did you do to get the haze? How did you approach it? Yeah, so the haze is difficult, as you can see. So uh, so with yours, I mean, that was the first one out um, after I sparged the keg uh, and yours was second. So they're super temperamental. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to do really well. And I, I think that really the only way to, to nail the haze is to drop it in cans straight away. So then, um, you know, you get a bit of a roll and, yeah. But other than that, in a keg, very difficult to maintain that consistency of haze. It's an interesting beer style because it's so, you know, it's fragile. It's probably the most fragile beer style you can get. Like, 
if you're not drinking it within two weeks and it gets a little bit of heat or something, it's fucked, right? That's right. Well, I mean, it's that much hop residue in it, so it takes a triple dry hop. Yeah, and right. we keep as much of the hop um, residue and suspension as possible, and that's what becomes fragile. So how did you how did you approach it? Uh, research, research, okay. research, <laughs> research. You know, it's, it's a difficult job. But I mean, they're, they're nailing in the US, and uh, McKellar is one of my kind of idols in, in this scene. Uh, so I look to him a lot, and and, and what he's up to, it takes some um, takes some notes from him. Yeah, cool. Now your background isn't quite beer, is it? It's uh, no, a different inge- industry altogether. Yeah, in, in, oil and gas engineering. That's right. Yep. Um, How do you get from oil and gas engineering? <laughs> have no idea. What does an oil and gas engineer do? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, so it's mostly process based. So you know, we used to start up and commission um, gas plants, um, and I used to do a fair bit of offshore work as well. So you know, oil, oil rigs. Um, it's yeah, really just mostly mechanical stuff. But yeah. Awesome. Did you design your uh, brew house? Yes, I did actually. Did that yeah. help with anything there? Yeah, everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, designed all my own ones when I was home brewing. Uh, designed the big brew rig and also our pilot brewery, all custom built. Cool. And what made the decision to leave that world and into this this world? I yeah. look around here, and that's probably the reason why, right? Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, uh, you know, we used to spend a lot of time away. My wife wanted me home, and she said, you know, you have to, you have to do something else. We can't keep living like this. I said, I've got something. I'm going to start a brewery. Uh, and Jimmy, one of my good friends, who's the other guy to it, um, yeah, we just got together and never, ever looked back, just kept driving forward. And obviously you come across many hurdles, but I don't regret any of it, and I'll do it again in a second. Is there much around venue-wise in your area of Queensland um, for this kind of thing? There never used to be. Um, so, you know, we're right under the shadow of Forex uh, x Castle yeah, Rain, right. um, and we were sort of Milton's first brew pub or uh, other brewery in uh, in many years uh, but now we uh, share the area with uh, Newstead Brewings nice big brewery it's a spectacular brewery uh, and we have some amazing craft beer bars like the Scratch and Brewski uh, right next to us which is amazing what's the response been like since you've been open yeah really good really positive yeah yeah I mean obviously beer is subjective so some people don't like our stuff uh, but we try to produce something for everybody so yeah it's been amazing yeah and welcome with open arms as well by the brewing industry which is awesome it's a nice industry. I remember you saying when we chatted uh, over the phone a while back, you one of your favourite things is to sort of lean over the, the fence at the, the brewery and chat to people coming in. Um, is that something you, you always want to be able to do and just kind of you know engage with customers? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our, our business model isn't to uh, have a big production brewery somewhere. We want to have um, you know three or four of our little brew pubs uh, around Australia uh, where we can have that. Our brewers can be talking to the people. They can be gauging uh, you know, uh, there's no better smell than when you dump the kettle after a brew. Uh, it just fills a whole venue with hop aroma. Like, that's that's the stuff I live for. Uh, I really want to keep that. I don't want to lose that. Does that mean um, no packaging in the future? Uh, we will do some small canning runs coming up very, very soon. Uh, Burst mobile canning line type stuff. Um, but, I mean, not really. We just don't have the size uh, capacity to do it. So uh, we'll do some small stuff and get some around here and there. But... Yeah, yeah, but um, it's good that that sort of mobile canning facility really lets you have that model that you want to do and still get the product out there to people that aren't um, aware of where you're at. Absolutely. Solid solid model and it, I mean, it suits us down to a T. Uh, I think it's pretty stressful for the guys who do it, uh, but you know, it suits us and, and we'll use it. Does your initial expansion plans for other, uh, other facilities go outside of Queensland? Yes, yeah, so we won't do another one in Queensland. Right. Um, so uh, Jimmy wants to go to Sydney and I want to go to Adelaide. Uh, so now it's a battle of business plans. You're right. <laughs> awesome. What if we visit your brew pub? What's the one beer that we should be trying when we go? Uh, depends on the day. 
Uh, the right answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so lean over the fence, ask you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, and really time of day influences a lot. So if you know, right now it's, uh, you know, 20 past one. And um, I'd say go for the uh, Vermont style pale or the Pilsner. Uh, but in another few hours, I'm going to tell you to go for the pale or the IPA. And another few after, hours after that, we'll be, you know, looking at salted caramel porter, espresso martini stout or um, imperial stout. What sort of Pilsner is it? Uh, so it's a new world old style Pilsner. So very difficult. Um, it's a new world because, um, you know, we keep a lot of haze in it. Uh, we don't lager for quite as long, but we use old world hops. So Czech size and French Triscoll. So, yeah. That sounds I pretty lo- interesting. I huh? love Dave. After he said espresso martini, white truffle wheat, all these things. Yeah, like, I don't Tell care. Tell me about your pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what about higher sellers? People love it. It's such a clean, fresh beer. Well, we'll let you get back to your stand. Uh, hopefully it's busy for the rest of the weekend for you, but not too busy that you can't enjoy the festival. That's right. I, I think that's most important. look forward to some uh, polarizing feedback of your bone marrow beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really happy with how it come up. And um, yeah, thanks for taking the time to awesome. sit and have a chat. Awesome. Much appreciated. Awesome. We are back and we snared Richard Watkins from Benspoke. Richard, how's it going? Yeah, g'day. Great. You were wandering past. Uh, Looking to avoid any kind of podcast. Yeah, yeah. Alas, I, was actually, I was actually just trying to find a little bit of palate cleansing food. Okay, so what <laughs> and, you, we were just talking about the food. What are you eyeing up? What are you oh, thinking? I actually haven't really had a good look yet. Um, there's always some interesting things that people do and... Um, you know, so pick at a few things. and We think and the Arancini balls might be a... Yeah, I was looking at those too. Yeah, I reckon that'd <laughs> they be They look pretty good, but also that's the closest one to yeah, us. Yeah, 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 we're so, just yeah. looking at it. <laughs> so how's Benspoke going? Yeah, Benspoke's going good. Yeah, you know, nice and busy. You're on a good little uh, trajectory, um, manageable sort of uh, growth. So that's what you want. You know, you want to be able to control what's going on. So you're Canberra. Um, are, you, are you from Canberra initially? Yes. Yeah, so I, I actually I grew up in Newcastle, went to... Uh, Went to Sydney, did some uni in Sydney, and then uh, went to Canberra and moved to Canberra in '94. And um, yeah, been in been in Canberra since '94, so just about well, actually over half my life. So yeah, wow, yeah. it's definitely home now then for you. Yeah, love what, it. What took you to Canberra? Actually, not a uh, funny story. I actually went to Canberra to visit a mate. Never been to Canberra. Wanted to get out of Sydney, and um, all of a sudden there I am in Canberra, enjoying it and loving you know loving the space. And what were you doing in '94? Um, I would just finished working on a mine and went back to um, to Sydney, um, which was where I was living, um, and uh, just had a look around and just thought, you know what, I need to get out of Sydney. Sydney was just, you know, it's just a bit of a crazy place, and uh, so yeah, that's where I, where I went to Canberra. And how did the beer start? Oh, the beer started back in in uh, when I was going to uni, home brewing, um, having a two bedroom flat and having a little brewery in one room and selling a bit of beer to pay the rent. And um, so you get a bit of a taste, you get a bit of a you know you get that little uh, little uh, you know inkling that you you know you love beer and you want to do something. I got a job working actually at the Hahn Brewery back then, and uh, just working on the pack line and stuff like that. So that was sort of my first taste of commercial sort of brewing. And then when I went to Canberra, I got a job. Um, working in the Wigan Pen, actually working in the kitchen um, under my partner Tracy at the time, funnily enough. And um, yeah, so there, from there I got a assistant brewer position came up and I grabbed that and then a year later I was head brewer. So um, that was sort of head brewer from sort of end of 97 through to 2013. So pretty good stint. And for those that don't, that aren't aware, it's uh, home to some of the most staggeringly good beers. Mm. 
that you can't find everywhere. So yeah, um, yeah. we yeah, always enjoy the reputation that you built at Wigan Pen. I think has carried through to Bent Spoke and, and the beers that I've tasted have certainly um, definitely helped that. You know, good beer goes a long way. And, and you're Bob's just, armpit. Bob's armpit is yeah. a beer that I still remember very fondly. I think last time I spoke to you, I was telling you how much I like Bob's yeah, armpit. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Um, yeah. And you're doing some sour beers uh, out of Bent Spoke now. We're starting to. We're starting to build our yeah, build a bit of a sour program it takes time um the sour beer that i was doing at the wigan pen took a lot of time um to to build up and get to the stage where you could just consistently roll out different beers and that's what we're going to have to do at ben spoke as well so it's it's years in the making really um we've started to do a little bit and it'll be really you know a good year year and a half before we we can see the results of it though but you've still hit the ground running because crankshaft has already like established itself as a um very highly regarded beer. Um, did you have to make those kinds of beers to get your own business? Look, when we started Benspoke, um, I think we started with a Belgian brown ale. We started with a hoppy pilsner. We started with a um, hand pump, um, hand pump pale ale. Um, we started with the IPA, um, and we started with a look of a saison style sort of spice of oregano. Back back, they were the they were the beers we started with. So. There wasn't a pale ale there. Um, and then we were really surprised how that Crankshaft being an IPA became our biggest selling beer. So, um, you know, that's, that's, it's good. It shows what Canberrans like, you know. They like stuff with a bit of flavour in it. It's so interesting chatting to people and, and finding out that we don't really know what the market wants. So, you know, like uh, Bad Shepherd we've had on the show a few times, one of their biggest sellers is their Hazelnut Brown Ale. And you would never think that. And you know, IPA, you wouldn't think that. It's uh... yeah, yeah. It's, it's it is. It's um. It's all you know. You've just got to have a go and, and put out some interesting beers and see what see what you you know what your customers really want. And sometimes the results are a little surprising. You know, like you you think, oh, you know, maybe we have to do a pale ale, but you don't have to do a pale. Ale. I mean, we we have honestly now done a pale ale because um, the IPA, you know, with a little bit more alcohol, it's a bit hard for people to have too many and drive home or whatever. So you need a few more approachable beers underneath that, but. Um, it's still our biggest selling beer. Yeah, cool. Now, your Gabs beer uh, doesn't have much information on the guy. Joe Carb. Yeah, Joe Take Carb. Us through it. Can you tell <laughs> us about that? Yeah, look, we did a, we did a beer that's, um, you know, it's a, a bit of a play on the whole low-carb thing. It is a low-carb beer. Um, it's, you know, it's slightly sour without being overly sour. Um, partially spontaneous ferment, fermentation, which gives it that real blue cheesy character. So it won't be for everyone. Um, you know, you got to like your blue cheese to like that beer. I um, hate blue cheese, so I'm probably not going to enjoy it. <laughs> you don't want to taste it. I'm you super keen like for it. it. Yeah. All right, yeah. It's, um, it's blue cheesy. And then on the palate, it's, um, you know, there's a little bit of fruity hop there, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the aroma is certainly what, what sort of makes that, that beer. Yeah, awesome. I, I might give it a go. I'll give it a go to a taster and see yeah, how yeah, it goes. Yeah, what do you okay. think people are going to think about it drinking it in a 85 mil sampler? Does that tell the story of the beer? Oh, I think it does. Yeah, oh, yeah? I think yeah, you, it'll be a polarizing beer. Like it'll be, you'll either um, like it or you'll just go, what, what a waste of money. You know, it'll be one of those <laughs> type of things. You know. <laughs> so what are we, uh, what are we going to see from Ben Spoke in the next couple of years? The production brewery is sort of online now. Yeah, we, we're starting to roll some more different um, keg beers out to have on tap around the place. Um, so that's that's good. We are going to do some more cans. Um, some different different beers in cans. Still working out exactly what we're going to do, um, but we're definitely going to set up some a process to be able to roll out different beers. You know, 
maybe not all the time, but certainly, you know, half a dozen a year, different ones. So um, I think that's what the market wants. They don't want to see just two beers all the time. You know, they want to see different breweries doing different beers. A- anecdotally, working in a bottle shop, um, you know, one day a week and seeing the response to your beers from people that might not know IPAs or, or pales or anything and they're your beers are selling really well in, a, in the shop and it's um, it's interesting to see people coming in and going oh, I tried that Ben Spoke one I loved it maybe I'll get another six pack of that and um, I guess that, that crankshaft kind of hits that note of people you know they're exploring beer and wanting that that six pack um, so I guess is, is that kind of going to be your approach in keeping trying to go for that six pack market or experiment a bit more wildly oh I think um, you know the beers we put out um, certainly some of them will be be for sale in four packs or yeah so but I think we'll probably do some beers where there'll probably be more single beer, single can sales because there'll be, you know, bigger alcohol or bigger flavours and different flavours. And... Shall we uh, let Richard go and, and find some and find some food? food yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a, a real oh, pleasure. Thanks for having me. And it's, um, you know, here's to you guys for, for doing doing good things for beer. Um, you know, like without you guys, beer's going to just stay in the back corner and we need to keep moving it forward and we're only 5% of the beer market, you know, and we need to really push to grab, to go into 10%. If we could get to 10% of the beer market, I think um, the whole industry in Australia would, everyone would, would be benefit because obviously, you know, like, you know, you wouldn't be making a living off doing this. Well, if you are, you know, that'd be <laughs> fantastic. But at some point in the future, wouldn't it be nice to be able to do this full time ah, yeah, for a yeah, living? Absolutely. You know? So that's where, and to do that, we need people like you to keep doing that and, and slowly we'll get that 10%. And once we get the 10%, it's just it's, – it's a, it's a proper sustainable um, industry then. So you keep making those you. good beers. We'll keep talking about them. I, I love a guest that compliments us. Too right. That's, yeah. that's what we need to hear. What a good move. <laughs> Thanks so much and I uh, hope you, you find some delicious Enjoy food. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of your day. No worries. Cheers, man. Let's have a little testy testy. There we go. Let's get a couple of words in there, Kiralee. Hello. Hello. Hello, Hello, Kiralee. Hello. Uh, Before we go any further, we need to talk about what you're wearing. Uh, Right. Because your jacket, what do you call that? What is this? Yeah, like a a sort of faux faux pink fur Jacket, yeah, it's, I it's very shaggy. It. I've, I've been called a chewy, like a Chewbacca, but yeah, a pink yeah, version yeah. of a chewy. chewy, a brewy chewy. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> sort of bubblegum brewy chewy. What a, a bold fashion statement for a beer With festival. Stan Smith, I know. by the way, I, yeah. I've had quite a few comments, and Stan Smiths. Yeah, and the leather skirt, you know, it's all its all about the outfit. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember those, like, flip books where it was, like, three sections of flip books? Oh, yes. Where kids had it. It was yes, like, I is love that a those. policeman wearing a tutu? That's a little bit what it looks like. Anyway. Is that an <laughs> insult? Are I don't you know. saying yeah. I look like I'm sort of comic book. slightly it's an mismatched? <laughs> it's an eclectic mix. Eclectic yeah. mix. Okay, um, thank I you. I thought I was being bold not wearing a hoodie today. Yeah. Turns well, you're out, breaking the mold. Turns out I should have worn. Should have worn your hoodie? Yeah. Look great, Kerrily, as always. Thank you. Tell us Thank about you. your um, Good Beer Week event because I, I was – I read about it and kind of went, okay, cool, I'll put that back in my mind. And then on the night I was like, why aren't I going to that? That it's sounds probably amazing. probably the most, like, thinking, outlandish event. Did you have a bit of that event. sort of regret, you know, that you FOMO, you missed out? Yeah, so yeah. tell us what it was. So we, um, we had a beer, cheese and opera event 
that Boring we held, again. I know, yeah. God, that we held at St. Paul's Cathedral. Um, and what was really exciting about it, apart from, well, I'll talk about the beer, cheese and opera in a minute, but um, when I was talking to our contact at the cathedral, I was asking her about, you know, what happens in other events that they've done like this in the past with certain things. And she they said, at you. this yeah. is the first time we've ever allowed food and drink in the cathedral. Oh, wow. And what I loved is that it was beer that was the drink. Yeah, yeah, it really. wasn't wine or champagne that got in there to do this first. We did with beer, so it was amazing. Um, what a Saint, trailblazer. St. Paul's, for people that don't know, is kind of when you walk out of Flinders Street Station, it's the first thing you see uh, in Melbourne. It's kind of a, an icon. So yeah, and to it's, get that venue is... Yeah, it's absolutely stunning, and the acoustics are incredible. So I mean, how did you get the venue? Um, we just negotiated really hard and sold this idea. I guess, you know, opera helped. The fact that we were bringing opera into the cathedral um, and, you know, really sold it as an event that was about appreciating arts, music, uh, food and beer as part of that. So we sort of lifted it up. Um, they were thankfully quite open-minded. Yeah, cool. Um, and look, as a backdrop, to great beer so we had La Seren and we had three ravens with their wild ravens brands um, and then we matched all of those beers to um, Stone and Crow cheese which is Jack Holman who's the head cheese maker at Yarra Valley Dairy as well um, so he brought his own brand but basically we had five cheeses five beers five arias and each of those arias were matched to a beer and a cheese and we told this wonderful story and it worked. Yeah, like, that's kind of staggering. What was the demo like? Who went to that event? Um, it was a, I guess, core sort of core group was probably your 28 to 38 year olds. To but be I very mean, like, specific. Yeah, but of, of the specific. beer market or of the no, opera market? It or? was very 50 50 split yeah, right. in terms of male, female as well, which was amazing. We had then a, a slightly older demographic as well. But. Um, Look, I think, oh, I think it was a mix. I think people were there for the opera. I mean, opera at the cathedral. And it was a bloody good price, too, for amazing opera. What was the price for it? $69. Oh, that's great. Five yeah. beers, six beers, five cheeses, and live, incredible opera. We had After the awesome fact, I can't believe I didn't go to that. I know, yeah. yeah. I, for some reason, I put it out of my mind. And, yeah. Yeah. You wish when I, I think when I, when I heard the event was coming, I was like, oh, that's probably... $190, so I'll put that yeah, into the site. Yeah. yeah, and so that's what a lot of people actually said. They said, what, what I found is there were people that said uh, they weren't sure whether they would like opera and they didn't want to invest $200 yeah, in a ticket. Yeah, yeah. So this was a great way. They knew they liked beer, they knew they liked cheese, so yeah, they thought yeah. they'd give the opera a go. And now they're out buying Carmen tickets. So what's what's worked really well with um the, You're supposed the to bring opera, opera fans into beer, not it, the other it, way around. Yeah. It was a gateway that's opera. <laughs> I think that's what we're doing, though, is we're bringing opera, you know, down in terms of it can be a little highfalutin and beer, you know, not brings it down, but there's this lovely meeting in the middle where we're taking beer up, opera down a little and just finding this great resting place where it works fantastically well. Now, so. this is kind of part of your, your on your husband's sort of newish venture. Um, give it a plug. So Wild Sour and Fruit. So this is a, a program that we've developed, which is basically honing in on these Wild Sour and Fruit styles of beer that are becoming really popular and putting in them into very unexpected territories. So I guess what we're trying to do is surprise and delight people who not wouldn't normally 
be seeking beer out. We put it into those sort of places where your traditional non-beer drinkers uh, go and um, surprise them with these amazing flavoured beers that uh, I guess have some similarities to wine, to ciders, um, and it's been brilliant because we're finding we're just bringing more people into the world of beer um, and they're enjoying these these styles uh, without them even realising that they're drinking beer. And you haven't called it beer, you've called it wild sour and fruit yeah, and purposely. Yeah, yeah. I think, look, it's, um, I think beer sometimes, the word beer is its worst enemy. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we could suddenly rebrand beer... With another name. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I hear people amazing. say, I don't like beer, but I like a, a stout. Yes, exactly. And it's like, no, yeah. that, that, the same thing. I know. <laughs> and someone said to me the other day, just call it Saison. It's like, yeah, but that's, that's a style. But, you know, it's the styles are much more romantic than the actual category name. But maybe we need to just make beer romantic, the word. So Now, you've got sessions. You're hosting some tastings, as you always, or always do at Gabs. Uh, yes. There's a pie and beer matching. Yeah. We, can't really beer like, matching. we can't, like, push them for people to come to it because yeah, they come in after the fact. But they but sound if really if, fun. If though. you're in you Sydney, are it, you going to take that show on the road to Auckland as well? Yes, we are. Oh, okay. wow. Well, Sydney, for that, yeah. Auckland. So we've got um, beer and pies. We've got Chrissy cut sausages. She's going to show us how to actually twist a, uh, you know, a length of sausage. Sounds that. a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> um, we have uh, Nick Haddo from Bruni Island Cheese. He's coming to do a cheese tasting with his cheeses. Um, I'm doing my blindfolded sessions. Oh, fun. Always fun. Yeah. It's always a good photo. One. Chefs as I well, always like so. watching your blindfolded sessions. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're actually, they're a real crowd drawer from the outside. People have no idea when they're blindfolded what, what the crowds are doing. But yeah, so lots of fun sessions today and tomorrow and the next day. And the next day. We're only yeah. one day. And Sydney and yeah. Auckland. <laughs> Yay. Well, Kiralee, thank you so much. Um, and keep us in the loop with what you're up to with Wild, wild sour, sour and Fruit. We will. Absolutely. I'm going to remember that because, yeah, we would love to hear about what, how, it, how it progresses in the future. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, thank you. guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. See ya. We've got Sterling from Bolta, uh, and we've got Steph from Craft Beer College in Wellington. Uh, how are you both? Excellent. Let's go Sterling first. Excellent, thanks. Because you're, you're a big award winner as being part of Bolta now. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was a pretty big night last night, and yeah, we're very blown away with the results, actually. So, so champion medium brewery at the Australian International Beer Awards. Yep. Yeah, and uh, best international parlour for the XPA. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, best, exhibitor, best newcomer, yeah. yeah, or something like that. So, yeah. It's a good result. Have you tried any of the Bolter beers yet? I have not. I have seen them advertised, but because we don't get very much Aussie beer in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. working on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, are we going to see Bolter? Like, because, you know, you guys are, I guess, a Queensland brew pub, but also expanding. Yeah. Um, we see a little bit, uh, a reasonable amount in, a, in Melbourne. So, your plan is to expand to New Zealand? Oh, hey, Parrot Dog are some of our best friends over yep. there. So um, we'd love to see our beer over in NZ. You know, it's no secret that New Zealanders are good at stuff. You know, whatever they do, it <laughs> doesn't matter whether it's footy or film or food or beer. Yep. New Zealand's a, a wonderful place for all those things and good beer is just a part of that. So if Bolter's over in that landscape, we'd be more than thrilled. So, yeah. you know, hopefully in the next 12 months or so, you might see a couple of bars with it around and 
the Parrot Dog boys just want to sell it from their takeaway place, so we might even just have it in there. So I was going to ask about that. Are you going to export or will you contract brew through them, given they've got a brand spanking new brewery now? Yeah, no, it's looking good over there, isn't it? Um, the boys have done a wonderful job. No, we, we would definitely just do package beer at this stage. Um, and, you know, if we can get some good cold shipping over there, then, then we'd probably ship some kegs over. But... Yeah, logistically, it'd just be packed beer at this stage if we do it, yeah. We do know an excellent distributor who just wandered by, so I can always yeah, no. introduce you later on. I, l- I love that our podcast is linking people in yes, some it's way. Yes, like, We only charge a small fee as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The percentage yeah. of every sale is Yeah, yeah, is yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell us about Bolter. Like, what is Bolter? Wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a broad question. This no. is the question I, I go to the bathroom or you, you answer it. <laughs> Mate, um, so Bolter, the idea of Bolter was, uh, just came up in December 2014. 12 months after that, we'd built a brewery. A couple of months after that, we'd made our first beer. And we'd been going for around about 14, 15 months now. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're just a good beer company, just doing our so best to make that, good I'll beer. i do the timeline in my head, sorry. From the first beer, what date was that? So March the 8th, 2016, Same. yeah. Right. So March the 8th, 2016, you start putting out your first beer. Which was that? XPA. Which, XPA, yeah. okay. And then how long was it until XPA knocked off the podium in the Hottest 100? So the Hottest 100, we got fourth, fourth this year. Right, yeah. So we're 10 months old when that That's happened. Outrageous. And um and the old brown come in at 98 there, so. Um, Which is cool for yeah. a brown ale. Like, there's not many brown beers yeah. in, in that thing. Not many people vote for a brown. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. but we were yeah. tripping because we don't even, we don't talk about the alt brown. What's really cool about that beer, it has its own following, its own little cult following of people that yeah. that's their beer. And we don't, we just talk about XBA quite a lot, you know. So and it's just really nice it to see it. As well. Yeah, it is. It's in a tinny, so yeah. And you've also uh, pretty recently put out your IPA, which we've just had, and we both really enjoyed. I it. enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, great, nice. stoked. Um, I wish I had some tinnies here to, to share with you, but um, <laughs> yeah, just on Wednesday we launched that at Tins of Glory. We we invented a sport at Bolter, and um, athletes play it, and basically you just slide tinnies down a bench and score points. But um, so we launched it there this week, and uh, it was really cool. It's just fun to have that beer for that event and have a good night. Did you just say athletes play it? Yeah, but we've, beer okay. Athletes. Yes, exactly. So if you've never been called an athlete before, Tins of Glory Tins might of be glory your sport. Your alley, yeah, sure. yeah. Because no, you are an athlete the second you slide that tinny down that bench. So, um, I like it. Yeah. Now, speaking of athletes, uh, the elephant of the room is, is Bolter is kind of owned by professional surfers. Yeah. I imagine there was probably a little bit of cynicism, and I was definitely guilty of that. Um, seeing, we're you know, two cynical people, and we felt yeah, we're, we're very cynical. Yeah. Um, so seeing you know professional surfers open a brewery, you kind of think, oh, okay, it's going to be middle of the road. They're not going to do anything interesting, and now you've clearly come out with really yeah. good intent. Uh, now you're winning awards. Is this kind of validation for knowing what you're doing is right for the right intentions? Yeah, it's funny um, when we started Balta, we were only ever about good beer. So you know myself and Mick and all the people involved in it, you know, we can go make a shit beer and put Mick's face to it, um, but it's a gimmick if it's crap, yeah. right? So we knew it was always about good beer. Um, what I loved from the very beginning and, and what Mick said himself is that we're cheerleaders for the good beer movement, for Bolter, but also the good beer movement, you know, and, and at the end of the day, that's all we cared about. So we always knew our heart was in the right spot and it was just about making good beer. And at the end of the day, it's about people and the people drinking your beer and they'll decide and they'll decide whether your beer is worthy enough to share with their friends. Mm. And at that moment, if they're sharing it with their mates, 
that's the best thing on earth. You don't need any other validation than people enjoying what you do. And, um, you know, no one's going to drink mixed beer if it's shit, you know. And 12 months on or 14, 15 months on now, um, no one even really refers to Mick. Yeah, it's yeah. not even about Mick anymore. It's just about Bolter. Yeah. And um, the transition of that happening so quick has been something that we're really stoked on. And Mick yeah. is as well. Yeah, cool. And as Mick said, you know, he's just cheerleader for the good beer movement. That's why he came down and, and rang that bell last year. It wasn't about Bolter. We didn't speak about Bolter. We actually just spoke about this, yeah, and that was an intentional thing. Yeah. And um, just to show people that, you know, it, it is about this. It's about what's happening in this hall right now, and that's really, really exciting. So, yeah, that's kind of... I don't see why it's any more weird or bad that it's a bunch of surfers making beer to a bunch of blokes who work in a yeah. bank making beer. So when I read that in the paper, I just thought, why, why would people even pick on you for But that? also, it's going to water a bunch got, of surfers as well. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You've got yeah. beer-interested people who have come yeah. together, obviously making yeah, good right. products. So it's like a whole sideline story that who gives a shit about it, really? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's I, I think to defend good, the cynicism, because I'm, I'm the biggest culprit. Yeah. Um, but I love, I love, I love that, because that's, you know, that's what makes the world operate, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and... and um, there's been a lot of brand startup in Australia with a big name behind them um, you know they're, they're building their, their brand around you know a, a particular like a, mm. icon or you know yeah, a particular yeah. thing yeah. and they're not actually about making a good beer they're about they're doing really a leveraging a marketing that, yeah. thing and that was you know there's cynicism yeah. within the beer industry because that happens heaps every six months there's a new one that does that that's right um, and so yeah now so sitting here with you and, and seeing how that brand has evolved and yeah. it's, it's awesome but also um, it's, it's a strong thing if you have cynics but you're still Behind a strong product, you're going to turn those cynics before long. Yeah, that's, that's going right. to be, they're going to be your biggest champions than anyone else if yeah, they yeah. turn. Yeah, and then, yeah, I guess there's a reason why we went to Bolter and said let's get them on the podcast because that's that yeah. you've turned us. Um, so, no, yeah. that's it. good. You know, like I said, it was always just about good beer, and um, that's why we don't use surfing in our marketing. It'd be so cliche and obvious, and <laughs> and the way we talk to people. I feel like you can do a cut back with them holding. Yeah, the or in the tube, perfect. getting barrel with a tin yeah, of Bolter. Yeah. No, it's not our style, and and it never will be. Um, good beer is way bigger than surfing. It's way bigger than Mick. It's way bigger than anyone and any person involved. It's, yeah. it's, it's bigger than all that. So from the very beginning, that was a really clear um, sort of viewpoint of ours. So should have asked us at the top, but what's your job within Bolter? So yeah, I'm one of the founders, yep. and I'm also the the brand director there. So awesome. um, I work on all the aesthetics, all the communications, and yeah, just you know everything that's really at the coalface with the with the consumer. I really care about that stuff. It's yep. super important. Did you work with a designer or did you come up with a... Um so, yeah, I'm a creative director by trade, but I'm not a graphic designer. So I've got pretty clear vision on how I see things happening. And um, I've got a really good network of friends that I work with. And I pull on those people for certain projects. So I work with my good friend Lockie Goldsworthy on the aesthetic of Bolter. And... Um, because it's a really clean, yeah. striking um, brand with your packaged goods. So um, people see it on the shelf. It's really clean and good, yeah. Yeah, we were going after that for sure, and and I that's just how I've always approached design anyway. But um, yeah, it's just really about creating something we felt was unique to us and that represented good beer in 2016 when we started. So yeah, awesome. Uh, I don't have any more questions, Steph. You got anything you want to chip in? How's Craft Beer College going? Just got a new website. Okay, which is pretty exciting. Like what, what's Craft Beer College? I don't know anything into about it. The modern day mobile friendly. So essentially, it captured the idea from the team here when I was working for them many years ago of the name Craft Beer College. And essentially, we do beer tastings and tours around the Wellington beer scene. When we first 
established ourselves was a lot of beer education because people would be walking into our new beer bars and just having a look at the taps and not yeah. knowing what the heck to Baffled. drink. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely overwhelmed by it all. We had an intro to beer series that we ran for three years, four years. Um, no need for that anymore in Wellington because people are pretty, yeah, up with the beer yeah. scene. So now it's more about, yeah, taking people around, showing them some of our great breweries and bars. Is it true that Wellington is, uh, there's more craft beer per capita than anywhere else in the world? Is that the stat? Maybe Portland. Yeah. Yeah, right. So okay. we've, we've just got new places opening all the time. So we must have maybe 12 to 16 breweries, brew pubs, yeah, sort of wow. in what is a city about the size of Canberra. Yeah. So, you know, 360 or so thousand people but I think Wellingtons are just really into something a little bit different we do great coffee we do great beer and people are prepared to give it a go so yeah amazing film industry over there too so it's good love it I I love Wellington every time I go to Wellington it's it's almost like a happy place it feels like home to me now and I've only ever spent like I don't know in total 30 days in Wellington in my life but you know, it's such a welcoming city and they love good beer and, and I love good so beer. it's so good in a concentrated area yeah. as well that you can just get a hotel there and you're set, yeah. I think that's the awesome thing about yeah, it. True. So our yeah. beer tours are walking tours. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's quicker and easier to walk than it would be to drive. And driving, unless you actually want to go out to, you know, Panhead, Kereru or to Tuatara out of town, North End, the rest of it you just walk around. It's, yeah, it's happy making. All right, let's uh, let you guys go get back to enjoying Gabs. Thank you so much for joining us, Sterling. And we really appreciate it. Well. I like that, that our guests interloper. ask each other questions. Well, Sorry if we took over that. Yeah. No, no, perfect. Oh, it's way easier I was than a just really intrigued by Oh, no, that's how we love this. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, thank you guys for your time. Cheers. Appreciate that. Right, this is going to be our outro. Yes. Dave, you just said that you've got the best thing you've had all day. Undoubtedly. Far and away. It could be the best thing I have for the whole festival. I know it's a big call. It's two hours into the first session. But I'm drinking. Oh, you're probably actually, you, you, you got it. You're probably better off. It's a Napoleon. Napoleon um, barrel aged cider that I think they've used. I think they're calling it. I can't remember what they're calling it. But they've used Lambert Cultures, barrel aged it to, to produce kind of a. Uh, a sour beer approach to making a cider. And it's gorgeous, isn't it? It's tart, sherbety, bright, uh, fantastic. It's really, really excellent. So, like, obviously, over the next three days, I'd love to outdo this. But if there's nothing better than this, I'm cool with it. Thank you to the, all the guests that joined us. I feel like we did a really good show today. By the seat of our pants as well. We almost grabbed people as they were trying to hurry past us without realizing that we, we were We also tried to grab other people that didn't ever come back. So screw you guys. Yeah, exactly. It's over for you. I don't think your business is going to work, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Or in reality, it's Gabs and I went, I went down to get a cider and got sidetracked for 10 minutes. So That's the way it works. Yeah. yeah. Any closing thoughts about Gabs? I have only got more excited since we've been here for a couple of hours. Yeah. You should see my nipples. Oh, yeah. Diamonds. Diamond cutters. Uh if you can't, if you, I mean, if you hear this and you want to go to the festival and you're in Sydney, you're fine. Auckland, fine. This will be uh, a post-game wrap-up if you're in Melbourne. Yep. The um, I'll also be doing a bit of an article for Good Beer Hunting about this. 
don't know what it looks like yet. A little bit panicked about what it's going to look like because that's what the next three days are for. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. And um, thanks to everyone that joined All us. All you have to do is tell the rest of the world how good this festival is. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, just one line. It's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no. Get here if you can. Or get to Sydney and Auckland if you can. If you've been here in Melbourne, you already had a great time. Uh, I'd like to say as well, happy gabs again, Dave. Always happy good gabs, to be. Buddy. I love doing gabs, chatting with you about gabs, and drinking gabs beers. Having a wander around is always my favourite uh, part of the festival. So, cheers to you. All right, peace. Thanks, out. everyone. <laughs>